Turn in your Bible to Philippians. Hold your place there. We're in the middle of a church-wide campaign called Raising the Bar. Everyone say Raising the Bar. You know what that means. It's not, we're not talking about actually high jumps or hot hurdles. We're t- it's a church-wide campaign to transform the culture of our church family. Listen, whether you realize it or not, the church culture in America needs an overhaul. Uh, we've, we have, we have dumbed down, if you will, what it takes to be a part of God's kingdom and we've lowered the bar. Uh, the statistics are out. I don't have time to tell them all to you, but, but the statistics when it comes to the church in America, uh, it seems that the bar has been lowered and we need to raise the bar. Tell somebody we need to raise the bar around here. How many of you know some, how many of you parents, sometimes you, you gotta raise the bar when it comes to your kids? Yeah, I mean, when you had your children and, and, and they, they began to grow, I'm sure you didn't look at them and say, man, I hope you never do anything great for God or, man, I hope you just grow up and become the most mediocre, under, 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 uh, accomplished, uh, young man. No, you expect, there's an expectation in your heart that they would do great things. And so we come alongside and we raise the bar. And so I believe that's what this is all about. And, and so, the, and really, the threefold purpose that we've been looking at really is this when it comes to raising the bar. It's a churchwide campaign. Help me out. Slap something up there. I think I'm going forward. I want to see the next slide. Is it stuck? If it's stuck, just go, oh me. It's stuck. Is it stuck? You need to raise the bar on this. I'm very reliant upon this right now. So listen, it's three areas where we're raising the bar in three areas. It's a commitment. The issue here it is to our commitment to Christ, his purposes and our church family. That's where we want to raise the bar. How many of you want your, your commitment to Christ to grow and increase? Amen. And then his purpose is really his purpose to win the world to Jesus Christ. And then to one another, we need one another. Look at your neighbor and say, we, I, I need you, man. We need one another. We really do. We're in this thing together. Uh, we, we are. And so it's time to raise the bar. And so uh, that in mind, we have a memory verse. We've been doing memory verses. We've got seven memory verses. And I don't know if you've got, you should have these. But here, let's look at number, uh, is this number four? It's Matthew 22, uh, verse 37 through 39. Can you see that with me? Can you read it out loud with me? Here we go. Let's do it together. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, we need to memorize God's word. David said we've got to hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against him. Now, I trust that you will take these scriptures, these three verses, and begin to hide them in your heart. It's the two commandments. In fact, Jesus looked, uh, when it came down, he melted all the commandments in the Old Testament, all the law down to these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so we're raising the bar. Everybody said we're raising the bar. You see, memory, memory verse time is not just for the children's church. It's for a big church. Amen. It's for men and women, uh, and, 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 and sons and daughters. And so we're raising the bar. Now, for the last few weeks, we've looked at a few different angles about this. Uh, and so just a quick review for you this morning. Uh, we looked at Moses. In fact, I would encourage you uh, if you could get online at www.cotrnorth.com or you can go uh, to the app store and you can uh, put it at iTunes. Go to iTunes. You can download iPodcasts. Uh, you can get all this. I encourage you to do that. We looked at Moses. Everybody say Moses. We looked at Moses. Believe it or not, Moses had to raise the bar in his own life to accomplish God's kingdom purposes. He had all kinds of excuses not to do what God wanted him to do. But God came and said, you're going to have to raise the bar. And so that was a great message from the life of Moses, how he overcame so many obstacles and, and got up and began to fulfill God's kingdom purpose. Interesting about Moses, the first 40 years he was raised where? He was in the house of Pharaoh in Egypt. You remember the story? <laughs> Little baby in a basket. 
And then the next 40 years, because he defended one of his uh, uh, Israelite brothers and killed an Egyptian, he went to the wilderness for how long? 40 years. And there he served his father-in-law as, as a sheep herder uh, for 40 years. And then lo and behold, everybody say, and lo and behold, when he was 80 years old, he was in, out in the wilderness and he saw what? A burning bush. And he, he was curious. He went by and God called him to be, to bring the people out of Egyptian bondage, the children of Israel. And he balked. He didn't want to do it. He, he resisted and even in a sense rebelled. Uh, but God stayed with him. How many appreciate the mercy of God staying with us? Uh, and he raised the bar in his life. And the next 40 years, what did Moses do? He, led the children of Israel through the wilderness. And so he was 120 years old. And so that's the life of Moses, a great illustration. And then a couple of weeks ago, we looked at raising the bar of our personal influence. How many of you know God wants us to make a difference in the world and influence people for Christ? And we need to do that every week. In fact, one of our challenges that we've given each other, I don't have the, ch yeah, I do. We, we handed out challenges. One of the challenges is to share Jesus with someone for the, uh, each week for the next seven weeks. And we need to find ways and means to accomplish that. Everyone say you got to raise the bar. In fact, you need to understand most in the last 12 months, a large percentage of people who go to church every Sunday have never shared Jesus with anyone. And so in the last 12 months, so we've lowered the bar rather than raised the bar. And God has an expectation of us to make a difference in the world. And then last Sunday, we looked at raising the bar of ministry and service and began to realize that God called us to serve. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to what? Serve and give his life a ransom for many. So that's where we've been. Everybody go, whoo, man. So there we go. And we've got, that's four, uh, one, two, three. This is the fourth one. Uh, and then we've got three more in this series. So we've got th uh, not three more weeks to uh, continue to address issues in our life and raise the bar in our own life. This morning in, uh, in the book of Philippians, we're going to look at the book of Philippians. And I encourage you to read that book. In fact, uh, one of our challenges is to read all the uh, New Testament in, the, in seven weeks. I'm a little behind, to be honest. I'm going to have to catch up. But if you read through Philippians, you can check that off. For the next two Sundays, we're going to look in this book and we're going to learn some things about what it takes to raise the bar. Everyone say raising the bar. And so there's some great principles and truths. And I, I, I've kind of melted it down to four. I'm going to give you two in just a moment. Uh, but let me just kind of throw you into the middle of this book of Philippians here uh, and look into this letter and find some raising the bar lessons for you and me. Uh, in fact, let me just show you some raising the bar scriptures so to help you see that even though Paul, really what he was doing, he was writing a thank you letter to, to the church in Philippi because of their overwhelming generosity towards him. But how many of you know this thank you letter? It was not just a thank you letter. It's chock full of raising the bar inside. This was a great church. Uh, but even in this thank you letter, he shares some insights, uh, uh, that help us see what it's going to take for us to raise the bar in our life. But let me show you some scriptures. Philippians 1, 9. See if you can get the flavor of raising the bar here. He said, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and discernment. Do you see the raising the bar theme right there? Do, do you see it? Just smile and nod or say amen. Maybe you are. Maybe I need to put on my glasses. See, I don't want to have to do this on and off, on and off, on and off. That's kind of the way I have to. And so uh, let's try it again. Do you see the raising the bar theme there? That He said, I pray that your love would abound more and more. What's he saying? I pray that you would raise the bar when it comes to your love for God and others. Look in Philippians 3, 14. Look what he says here. He says this. He says, um, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. How many of we see in the life of Paul? He's raising the bar. I'm pressing upward and onward. And then here's one I love that you should know. A raising the bar scripture. Philippians 4.13. Everyone say Philippians 4.13. In fact, uh, if you want to memorize this one, it would be great. It would help you when you look at the challenges that we need to accomplish in raising the bar. Here's what uh, Paul said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
How many of you know through Jesus and his strength, we can raise the bar? Oh, pastor, I don't know if I could, uh, you know, accomplish all these things, memorize all these verses and, and fulfill all these commitments. Well, Paul, the apostle said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And for us to look at commitments and challenges, biblical commitments and challenges, to have a morning devotion and to share Christ with others and invite people to church and to walk full of the Holy Spirit and to on and on and on. Listen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at somebody in the OI ball this morning and tell them, say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Go ahead. Look somebody in the eyeball and tell them, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Interesting thing I see in this little letter, this thank you note, if you will, that is chock full of truth and insight about us increasing in the things of God. It's a great church. He has great commentary on their lifestyle. In fact, they were a loving church. And in Philippians 2, you find out, I think at verse 15, that they had a heart to obey. Chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, They had an obedient heart and they had a giving heart. In fact, if you look in Philippians 4, uh, oh gosh, down verse 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. They gave and they gave. And that's where we get the passage of scripture in verse 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So this church is a great church. They're a giving church. They're a loving church. They're an obedient church. But here, what Paul, when he writes this thank you letter, he raises the bar in their life. How many of you know we should never be satisfied with where we are? In fact, listen, we need to keep raising the bar day in and day out in our life and never get to the place where they're the same old, same old. How many of you know uh, if you just do the same old thing over and over again and expecting a different result, some people call you crazy. But I want you to know that God wants He's looking at all of us today. Uh, he's not talking to the down and outers. He, he is, but he's not just the down and outers, but the up and inners. We need to all raise the bar in our life. Amen. And that's what this book is all about. It's about raising, <coughs> pardon me, raising the bar. Amen. So I'm going to give you two thoughts today that I see that are operational in Paul's life and in, in these passages of Scripture. The first one is this. Uh, there's, it's just filled with a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to give you one this morning. It's desire. Everyone say the word desire. Now, let me tell you something. If you want to do something more dynamic, if you want to accomplish anything, it's going to take what? If you don't care, if you don't desire to do do better and live higher and, and run faster and grow stronger, you're not going to live higher, run faster and grow stronger and accomplish anything for God. To accomplish anything of significance, take something on the inside of you that is, that is, that is not content with just being the same old, same old. And Paul said this. In fact, I want to show you this in a couple of places. I want you to see this. And I'm going to show you some of Paul's desires that he had operating in his life. Uh, look, uh, gosh, in verse uh, 23 of chapter 1. Look what he says. Now, uh, he says this. It's amazing insight. He's talking about, uh, you know, for me to, in fact, verse 21, he says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Catch this. For I'm hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Everyone say desire. His desires. What you're going to see about Paul's desires, they were a higher, uh, godlier desire. In fact, it was a heavenly desire. Uh, and he had this desire. He said, man, I, I really would desire to depart and be with Christ. Now, interesting little word study here. There's a few different le- uh, word, Greek words that are translated desire. Some would translate just like what you would think, you know, a strong yearning after something. This one has a negative context uh, in, in most places. It talks about the, when you would, uh, when you desired unholy and unhealthy things, it's kind of the word lustful. And so it was, he used a negative word in a sense to describe a very positive desire. 
Here's what he was saying about his life. He said, listen, when it comes to where I am right now, as the world would lust after evil things, I'm lusting, I'm desirous, I'm hungering after being with Christ. To the degree that this world is lusting after the things of this world. Let me tell you where my desire rests. I'm desirous. I'm lustful after being with Christ. Well, thank you so much. Somebody bless this young man with a dollar bill on their way back. He needs a dollar bill for coming and blessing the pastor. Amen. Thank you. And so what is he saying? Man, my desires are way beyond this world. Are you with me? And listen, if we're going to raise the bar in our life, it begins with the things that we desire. In fact, he fine-tunes this with the people, uh, uh, with Philippi, uh, the church in Philippi. Look over in chapter 3. Let me show you this in verse 18. He said, For many walk of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Are you following me? Say amen whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Now, here he's drawing the contrast of desires. He said, you know these people, they set their mind on earthly things. They're desirous of the things of this life. But he's, look what he says. He's trying to change our whole understanding of who we are. But our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, this world is not my home. My citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven from whom we are. We also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say eagerly wait. I'm telling you, this man was hungry. He was desirous after Christ. He wanted to be with him. He wanted to go to heaven with him. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want to go be with Jesus. I desire him and what he has for my life. Listen, if you want to raise the bar in your own life, something's got to happen in the area of our desire. In fact, John said this in 1 John chapter 2. He talked about the things of this world, the things that are in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He said, all these things are passing away. He said, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the things in the the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's all passing away. And here we find Paul coming and say, listen, if you're going to raise the bar in your spiritual life, you got to change what you hunger for. You got to change what you desire in your life. You can't, in fact, listen, our culture by and large is under the influence of unholy and unhealthy worldly desires that undermine our desire for the eternal things of God. This world has all kinds of things trying to gain and grab our attention. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, unholy, unhealthy. And here Paul comes along. He said, listen, I, you know, one thing I desire. Listen, I'm desiring Jesus. I want to live with him. I want to be, I want to be like him. That's the desire of my life. Now, let me break it down for you. Let me give you three words that I see in the, in this little letter that show the desire that Paul had. Number one, it was a desire to attain. Everyone say attain. Follow with me in these passages of scriptures. Look in chapter three, verse 11. He says, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, that word attain there means to arrive at. He said, there's a place I want to arrive at. And he said, and he said, the resurrection of the dead. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to explain that in a minute. You, in a minute, you just hold on. Let me show you these passages of scripture. Look in verse 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or taken a hold of things, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, look down, oh gosh, in verse 16. He says, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Now, let me just explain it because I don't have time to read this whole chapter in its entirety. But let me tell you what Paul was doing. Back when he said, I want to attain to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. What was he saying? I want to come to the place where Paul is dead and Jesus is alive in me. I want to arrive. Here's what I want to get to. This is what I want to get a hold of. This is what I want to arrive. 
pardon me, arrive at in my life where people, when they see me, they don't see me, they see Jesus. They don't see the sin in my life, but they see the Christ in my life. He said, I want to live a resurrected life far above the old life that I used to live. In fact, you can, and, and, and he had attained a lot of things. Hey, gosh, see, I, it's hard for me not to get back. He talks about his earthly attainments. He said, hey, if there is anybody that would have confidence in the flesh, it should be me. He said, verse five, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is of the law. I'm found blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. In fact, he said, my earthly attainments, they're, they're like rubbish. In fact, King James says, dung. Does anybody need the Greek interpretation for dumb? He said, all my earthly attainments and accomplishments, I'm setting them aside because what I'm now pursuing, now what I want to attain and obtain and get a hold of in my life is the resurrected life of Christ. Amen. In fact, he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. Could I tell you something today? There's a heavenly prize awaiting for those who live an earthly press towards the purpose of God and the will of God in their life. He said, I'm pressing toward being what God wants me to be. Listen, the kingdom of God and the things of God will never be obtained unless you hunger and thirst after them. But what did Jesus say in his, in his first recorded message? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be what? Satisfied. But let me tell what, what has to happen before the satisfaction? The hunger has to come. Amen? Beverly and I went to the movies last night, and I stuffed my face with popcorn. I do it every time. Beverly doesn't do that. But on our way home, she said, I'm kind of hungry. I said, well, I'm full of popcorn. She said, well, I'm kind of hungry. Then she had an unholy desire. She said, how about Jack in the Box tacos? Anybody ever love, how many of you just love, hey, a dollar for two. She said, you're going to have to drive so I can eat these tacos. She had a desire. Hey, listen, she would have went straight home had there not been a desire. She would have never ate a taco had there not been a desire. Listen, the things of God will never be obtained without desire, without a hunger. And Paul the apostle said, I'm desiring to attain some things. I want to possess a life in Christ Jesus. I want to raise the bar of righteous living in my life. That's what I want. I don't want to be sick and tired of being sick and tired anymore. And then number two, he had a desire to advance. Everyone say advance. Look what he said in Philippians 3.13. I already read it. He said reaching. Everyone say reaching. He said, I press towards the goal. Uh, oh, look, verse 13. I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, uh, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Listen, <coughs> you'll never grasp the future unless you want to press toward the future. You'll think you'll miss it. You'll miss God's purpose for your life. In fact, that word reaching forward means stretching. I'm stretching out. I'm reaching forward. I'm not sitting around playing fiddlesticks and just kind of knocking on wood and hoping things turn out uh, roses in my behalf. There's something on the inside of me. I have a desire to attain to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have a desire to advance towards him and advance in my calling and advance in the purpose of God. In fact, we, if we had time, we'd go back to chapter one and we'll find that he, he had a desire for the gospel to advance. In, in fact, he said this, all this trouble that I've gone through, all this, this persecution, it's act, actually worked out for the advancing of the gospel. Listen, until we're ready to embrace his purposes in our life and raise the bar, as we've said, in our, in our influence and his purposes, we'll never press forward. We'll never obtain. We'll never arrive. We've got to desire him 
and desire to attain and a desire to advance. And then number three, quickly, we see in this chapter three, he had a desire to ascend. In fact, he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 3.14, he said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know what he was saying? I'm ready to go to heaven, bless God. I want to spend time with him. I have a desire to see him. I have a desire to stand before him. I, hey, I, I know it's better if I stay here for your sake, but I want to go to heaven and I want to fellowship with Jesus. Sadly, in our culture and in the church, the culture of this world, the desires of this world, in fact, a lot of churches use, they, they, they tease us with offering, you know, they, they present church like a restaurant. You come here, look what you're going to get. Whoo, we got this, that, and the other. Man. And in a sense, using the wrong bait, to get people into the house and all we find is a bunch of fat and sassy Christians who just can never be satisfied. You can only eat just one. You got to have more. And so Paul had desires in his life to, to be like Christ and to advance in the things of God and advance the gospel and press upward and onward and ultimately arrive into heaven and to fellowship with Jesus Christ. But listen, desire is not enough. You gotta do some things. In fact, the next word I wanna tell you, the next kinda important ingredient that I see in Philippians in order for us to raise the bar in our own life is not only have a desire uh, to do so, but there's gotta be some deliverance in order to do so. Everyone say deliverance. Woo! Somebody say in Jesus' name. Now, let me explain to you this. In fact, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He basically said this. He said, God has delivered us through the cross and he is delivering us and he will yet deliver us. Everyone say, he has delivered me. He is delivering me and he will deliver me. Now, what he's saying is this, deliverance is a process. And listen, let me explain it to you this way when it comes to raising the bar. Every time you want to go higher, every, every time you want to obtain more, you got to shake something off. You got to shake it off. And so there's got to be a deliverance going on in our life. And so I see some things that Paul, he began to instruct, uh, maybe, maybe in a, uh, uh, kind of a way where they, they were encouraged by it, but he basically is talking, you got to shake these things off in your life. If you're going to move to a higher place, if you're going to raise the bar in your own life, there's some things you got to, there's some deliverance directives you need to get a hold of. Let me show them to you this morning quickly that I see throughout the book of Philippians. The first one, you got to shake off loose living. Everyone say loose living. Let me just tell you. The church is just full of loose living. And we look, we say, well, I went to church Sunday. And we live loosely. In other words, we don't live. You, you've heard the straight and narrow. Listen, God didn't lower the bar of how, what it takes to live for Jesus. He raised the bar. But guess what he did? He gave us his mercy and grace and the Holy Spirit to help us live righteously. Before Jesus came and the Holy Spirit came, there was no way we could follow him. There was no way we could fill his, fulfill his purposes in our life. But he gave us his mercy and grace to help us in time of need and the Holy Spirit to help us. And so when he came to planet earth, you know what he did? He raised the bar of who we ought to be. But in the church, we've lowered the bar to the point that people just live loose and they expect God to bless it. God doesn't bless loose living. It. Because it, it, it's an affront to his mercy and grace in our life. In fact, let me show you what he said in first in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. He said, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He said, let your conduct always be worthy of the gospel. 
Look what he said in chapter 2, verse 15. He said, and that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. What's he saying? Listen, you got to shake off any level of loose living. You got to raise the bar in your life and begin to, and begin to desire to live like Jesus would have you to live. Like I've desired to let Jesus into my life. I want to attain to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And listen, could I tell you today, could I be your pastor for a moment? Listen to me. If you want to raise the bar in your family, if you want your children to serve God all the days of their life, if you want them to be better and, and, and live longer and do better than you ever did, listen, we got to shake off loose living. Somebody say, shake it off. Because it will keep us from raising the bar in our life. Stop that stuff. Somebody say, stop it. Listen, come on now. Shake it off. If you're going to raise the bar in your life, you got to, you got, you got to shake off loose living. Number two, let me tell you, you got to shake off limited thinking. The way you think. Philippians 2, 5, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, he told us how to think. Pardon me, chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. Listen, the way we think determines where we go. I grabbed a couple of our young people this morning and I gave them a good old... Uh, Holy Ghost pep talk. Listen about school and life and future. You got to begin to think. You got to re- begin to raise the bar. You got to begin to think about yourself as being successful in life. You got to begin to realize God wants to do something great in my life. I'm not going to be mediocre. I'm not going to be half-hearted. I'm not going to be just a, a, a nobody. I'm going to do something great for God. And listen t- to me. If you want to raise the bar in your life, you got to quit thinking like this world and thinking like the enemy would have you and stop believing the lies of the devil that come your way and tell you you'll never be good for nothing you can't get over this you can't do that you're just nobody you're just an, hey we got to shake that stuff up for goodness sake. i can do all things through christ who strengthens me come on devil amen come on now and begin to think the way god would have us to think i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i have the mind of christ in me I'm going to think what I'm not going to think the thoughts are going to drag me down. Some of you've been spending all your life down in the basement digging holes. And you're not you're not attaining and arriving and ascending. You're getting deeper and darker by the minute because you don't let God change the way you think about who you are and about what he has for you to do. Amen. Got to get a better amen. You got to shake off loose living, limited thinking. And then number three, you got to shake off lowly speaking the way we talk. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the heart and the mouth speaks. Look what Paul said. Now, this is a great church. Now, catch this. This is a great church. I already told you it's a great church, a loving church, an obedient church, a giving church. But look what he says. Verse 14. It's like he just throws it in in a shotgun fashion. Chapter 2, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and murmuring. Do all things without complaining and murmuring. Let's all say it together. Do all things without complaining and murmuring. Come on, say it out loud. Do all things without complaining and murmuring. Could I tell you, complaining and murmuring gets you deeper and darker and does no good for you or God and anybody. And if you're going to raise the bar in your life, you've got to shake off loose living and shake off limited thinking and shake off that lowly speaking. That, that, and in fact, I got called on the Holy Ghost carpet a couple of weeks ago about this. I'm, I'm usually pretty good. In fact, when I get around people who are just, you know, how are you doing? Well, it's bad. You ever been around one of those? It's bad. Well, what's going on? And they tell you how bad it was. And then somebody else, you think that's bad. Let me tell you about my world. And then somebody, you know, it's one, it's not one up and it's one down. And well, you think you got it bad. Well, man, I, boy, it's bad. And boy, time lunch is over, man. It's bad. I don't like hanging around those people. It's a good day. Hallelujah. I'm normally way up, but I got a little low and man, something came out of my mouth the other day that was just a complaint. 
And man, in 30 seconds, I started getting under conviction of the Holy Ghost. And I realized, man, I'm cursing something instead of blessing it. I'm not going to do that ever again. Though he slays me, I'm going to praise him. I will never speak like that ever again. Cut it off. Get it out. Shake it off. Listen, some of you have been speaking the same old way so long, you think that's normal. No, that's abnormal for a Christian. See, I'm getting cranky in my old age. It's abnormal for a Christian. In fact, Paul just shows up. This is a great church. Do everything without murmuring and complaining. Stop it. Evidently, somebody been murmuring and complaining. You got to shake off that lowly speaking. Number four, shake off lazy living. Listen, if you're going to raise the bar, you can't be lazy. And let me just say, uh, he talks about a dear friend, Epaphroditus, in chapter 2, verse 25. In fact, Epaphroditus was the one who brought him the special gift. And he, he uses Epaphroditus as a sermon illustration, a model to follow. And he says this about him. Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Since he was longing for you all and he was distressed because you and had heard that he was sick. He got sick. In fact, it says uh, down a few verses later, he almost died in the middle of ministry. He, had, he, he just almost died. But he kept serving, he kept working, he kept helping, he kept moving. He didn't let the even physical infirmity keep him from from living uh, the way Jesus. Let me tell you something. We can't be lazy in the things of God. You can't be mediocre. You can't be mundane. You got to get up and work it out. Somebody say work it out. You got to work this thing out. In fact, the writer of Hebrews chapter six, I believe, he said, he said, you can't be lazy. Everybody look at you. Look at somebody and say, we can't be lazy in this thing. We can't. We can't be lazy Christians. Jesus would get up a great while before day. After having walked all over Israel, by the way, he'd get up a great while before day and there he would pray. Some of us can't get out of bed before it's too late to get to work on time, for goodness sakes. How could that be? Which, I've had people tell me this, I'm just not a morning person. You ever heard that? I'm just not a morning person. Well, number one, when you get older, that will change. But Beverly and I cut our teeth. Listen, we cut our ministry teeth raising three kids, and I would get up every morning at 5.30 and drive to church, and we'd have early morning prayer five days a week. Now, am I legalistic about that? Absolutely not. But let me tell you something. Don't be lazy. Don't be physically, don't be spiritually lazy. Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. There's got to be a deliverance in our life somewhere. Listen, lazy Christians never accomplish anything. Spiritually lethargic people never get the bar raised. In fact, you know where they get, then the preacher has to come and start lowering the bar for they can get over the, get over the hump. Okay, come along. We'll lower the bar for you. Come on, little, come on, hop over. Jesus never did that. He said, listen, hey, you don't like it? You gonna leave me too? He didn't lower the bar. He's always raising the bar. We're walking around going, I just need somebody to lower the bar so I don't feel so convicted all the time. I just want to enjoy life. I want to be lazy. Paul came along and said, let me tell you about Epaphroditus. He nearly lost his life serving me. He's my fellow worker, my fellow soldier. Now that's what we got to be. Hallelujah. Everybody go, hallelujah. <laughs> shake it off. Somebody shake it off. Listen, in the morning, you know what you're going to hear? In the morning about, I don't know when you have to get up. You know, it's relative. You know, if you got to be at work at nine, it's relative. If you got to be at work at seven, it's relative. But let me tell you something. If you got to be at work at three, it's still relative. You got to adjust your world where he's the first thing in your life. Amen? And don't be lazy. Shake that off. 
Amen? And then one more and I'll, I'll be done. We've got to shake off latter days seeking. What do you mean? Here's what Paul said in Philippians 3.13. He said, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Now, listen. I got nine, I got nine minutes. I got nine minutes. So listen. One of the biggest hindrances to raising the bar in your life is your past. Good and bad. But let me tell you something. One of the biggest hang-ups people have when it comes to pro progress in their spiritual life is their past. Paul said, I'm forgetting that stuff. Now, let me tell you something. Paul had a past. Paul lived righteously, but it was legalistically. And he thought he was serving God when he was hauling off Christians, husbands and wives and children into prison and jail and persecuting the church. He thought he was serving God. And he held the clothes of the first martyr, Stephen. And watched him lose his life. And then Jesus, the resurrected Christ, finds him on the road to Damascus to persecute more Christians. And you know the story how he's smitten by a great light. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuted? Who are you, Lord? He had a revelation of Jesus. He was born again. Now you can't tell me Paul didn't have some haunting thoughts. Of some of his people he would one day see in heaven who he was in hearty, hearty approval of the trouble and trauma afflicted upon them and their family. And his only posture was I can't let that haunt me. It's a new day. I'm a new Christian. I'm, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I'm not going to live in the past. Tell somebody we can't live in the past. Come on, tell somebody we can't live in the past. Listen, th th let me tell you something. We got to work this out. We got to start speaking this out. We got to start declaring this. And Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Listen, the past will paralyze you. The past will punish you over and over again. You know good for nothing. The past will persecute you if you let the past be Lord and leader of your life. You'll never move forward. You'll never press forward. You've got to shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. The past will poison your heart and life and keep you from the purposes of God. Amen. Two thoughts from Philippians about raising the bar. You've got to have a desire. You've got to begin to have those kind of desires that Paul had, those heavenly desires to obtain, to attain, to apprehend, to press forward and ascend into God's presence. And then you've got to shake some things off. This morning as we close, we've got a little time to shake things off. Let me tell you what I did a couple of weeks ago. I told you, I confess, Pastor complained. Didn't have ever And it was not pleasant. It was one statement, one phrase. I didn't wallow around in it, but I realized, oh gosh, that's bad. And let me tell you something. I cut it off. That's not happening in my life. Come on. I'm shaking it off. It's not happening in my life. You don't have to wall around. You want to wall around in it? You want to wall some more? Do you want to wall? No, you don't have to wall around. You can shake it off. By the grace of God and by the mercy of God, 
Paul said, He has delivered me. He is delivering me. And He will yet deliver me. Hey, every day of our life we need to be shaking something off. If we're going to move higher and further and, and raise the bar, so something's got to shake. Something's got to come loose. You know what Paul said? and he, uh, The writer of Hebrews said, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He said, listen, uh, you know, you got to understand something. Uh, you're in a race. And you got to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets you and run with endurance the race set before you. In other words, there's some things in your life you got to shake off. Everybody say, shake it off. Jesus will deliver us from it, de- deliver us from it. You got a habit of speaking negatively and, and lowly speaking and complaining. Hey, you can change that just like that. You're spiritually lazy. Been lazy living on a pastor. I don't know if you can change that. Oh, yes, you can. You can get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Let me just throw this at you. If you want some things to change in your life, if you want some things to change in your life, there's some things you better change. Duh. <laughs> I'm going to say that again because some of you are looking at me like a calf stares in a new gate. I got... Uh, three minutes. If you want some things to change in your life, you, uh, oh man, I, hey, my friend, uh, I, I quote him. He's in the book. You better go buy my book. I can't eat them. Uh, in the book, uh, John Miller, he told me one day, I said, oh, I just need God to do some things, change some things in my, in my church. And my church needs to change. He said, well, you know, Sam, if you want God to do something in your church and change some things in your church, you know, you got to start with you. If you want some things to change, then you need to understand that you need to begin to change some things. This is not rocket science. Some of you have been coming to the altar, oh Lord, change this, change this, change this. And then he's saying, well, you need to change some things. Lord, I need peace. I have changed this. I need peace. Well, get in His presence and begin to worship Him and, 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 and trust Him. And I know in all of our lives, there's some things that need to change. And if they're going to change, there's things that we need to change. Loose living, it can change. You can't tell, listen, you cannot tell me that Jesus and the Holy Spirit's not big enough to help you live a godly life. To say nope to dope, nope to sin, and yes to Jesus. Amen? You can't tell me Jesus is not big enough to change the past and get that, get your mind off that and move forward. You just can't tell me that. He died, for, he was hung up for your hangups, for goodness sake. Amen. How many want to shake some things off in your life? I got both my hands up. Let's stand up together. Lord Jesus, I know you have the power. And I know your strength lives in me. And I declare today, I want you all, hey, I don't know what you got to shake off, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And today I stand before you. And I pray, oh God, the desire of my life would begin to be lifted to a higher level. And if there's any area of our life where we've been digging holes in the basement and desiring the things of this life beyond the things of that life, Lord, Put your desires within us. Come on, pray that prayer. Put your desires on the inside of us. Help us be like Paul who said, I desire to be with Christ. I I desire to live like Him. I desire His life. I lay down my life and I pick up His life. And Lord, whatever it may be that we got to shake off now. Lord, today we, by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the strength of Jesus Christ, shake it off. Come on right now, just, hey, spend you a minute or two and shake it off. Come on, just do it yourself now. I can't shake it off for you. 
Come on, some of you just, just say, okay, I'm shaking. The, this is changing in my life. It's noon. You better get it done or we're going to be gone. Come on, shake it off. I'm shaking it off. Right now in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that's hindering me. Whatever it is that's keeping me from raising the bar. It's lazy living, Lord. I shake it off. I'm changing some things. If it's lowly speaking and loose living and limited thinking, Lord, we shake it off today. And Lord, we shake off the pains of the past. Somebody here is getting delivered from the past. You've been dragging it around. It's about to drag you down. Shake it off. In the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me do this before we go. Michael and Lyric are up with the young people. That's why there's no music. But listen, you don't have to have music to say yes to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never really given your life to Christ, you've never had a time where you said yes to Him, and you yielded your life, you've never had, as, De- as Paul did, had any kind of Damascus Road experience where the light of God shined in your heart. Listen carefully. That's where it all begins. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I just don't believe that I'm a Christian. I've never really given my life to Him. And today I want to know that I know that I know Him. I want to invite Him to be the Lord and the leader of my life. If there's anyone here today, do me, do yourself a huge favor and raise your hand right now. Say, that's me, Pastor. I want to know for sure that I know Jesus Christ. Lift your hand. And so I can see it. Anyone here? I'm going to wait one more moment. Finally, if you're here today and you know you've given your life to Christ, but you're just not living the way you know He would have you to live, and there's some things in your life that need to shake off, I want you to pray this prayer with me, and that includes me today. In some ways, I, your, your pastor's not living the way he should live. And there's some things in my life I'm shaking off. How about you? Let's pray this prayer together. Everyone out loud say, Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for the call of God on my life. Thank you that you're calling me to raise the bar in my spiritual life. I want to commit to you more. I want to commit, be more committed to your purpose for my life. I want to be more committed to your church than ever before. And today I shake off anything that is limiting me, that is holding me back. That is keeping me from the purposes of God for my life. I shake it off today in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the strength of God in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And today is a new day in my life. I'm raising the bar in my spiritual life. In Jesus' name. And I'll give you all the glory and all the credit. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said a big amen. amen. Let's give the Lord of glory some praise this morning in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.